this time the Albania team is going to bring the message. Good morning. Everybody's getting quiet. That's awesome. All right. Well, this is the Albania 18 trip presentation. And um, just kind of a, what? You guys making fun of me already? That's awesome. I had to deal with that all the trip too. Getting mocked and persecuted. No, I'm teasing. So this is the Albania 18 trip. And um, this is this is part of our team. Um, let's see. Debbie's sick. And uh, nine is gone. Pastor Kent is a conference. So um, this is our team. And we've got actually an add-on at the end. It's Joel. He didn't go on this trip. But um, but just a couple of things um, that I'll have Keisha and Joel share about their trips that kind of preceded the May trip. So that kind of ties things together. So, um, But first of all, just a quick thank you to really this church, to the people that invest into, I guess, if you just want to call it missions, period, which, you know, a couple of years ago, the Lord really nailed me as far as what is missions, you know, and okay, as a kid, I thought, well, uh, missions is where people go to Timbuktu, they sleep in a grass hut, and they eat bugs, right? Well, that's not really what missions is. That can happen. Um, I choose not to at this point, but, you know, that can happen. But, you know, um, you know, since probably late 90s, I've been on really numerous trips. But missions is what God's really calling each person to do. And that doesn't mean it's necessarily across the pond, you know, overseas. But really, really, in a way, everybody here is involved with missions. You know, uh, there's Kansas City, there's okay, Liberia, there's like uh, the evangelistic team. You know, there's stuff here at the church that we do that reach out to people. And that's what God's heart is, is people. You know, it's not just a, okay, we're taking a trip across, okay, and okay, do cool stuff with kids. It's we're investing into people, and that's what God's heart is. And so, um, you know, so a big thank you really to the people that, you know, have invested prayer and time, you know, and, I mean, really the funding too because really – I guess uh, really uh, without this church, it's uh, not possible, you know, like uh, to do that because you can't just buy a plane ticket if you don't have money, you know. And uh, so the funds were there above and beyond. And so um, just thanks again. So this is an awesome church. So, um, but I guess to get started last, I guess it's September, right? Um, that Keisha went over to Albania. She was on actually a work assignment. It was it Poland? I got it right. Yes. It was at Poland. So uh, she took a week just just to go to to Elvis and Beta's house, which that's where we go, uh, to just uh, strengthen them. You know, and that's what I call it is just, you know, just going and going and going. And, then, uh, you know, like uh, they'll see your face, they begin to trust, and then they begin to open up, and they begin really to pour themselves out. So um, I'll have Acacia share, and then I'll have uh, Joel share about the trip uh, that him and I took in January, I believe it was. So Acacia, go ahead. Right. We have pictures this service, so thank you, Troy. Um, <clears throat> more? Okay. Um, 
So I'm just going to share a little bit about September. Like you said, I was on a work trip and had the opportunity to fly by myself and go to Albania. And um, it was an incredible blessing to me to be able to just do a solo trip. I travel solo a lot. Um, so I really enjoyed just being one-on-one -on -one with the team that we have over there. And um, this first picture um, is taken at a village that we had never been to prior, to my knowledge at least, um, and it's called Circa. And um, the women in the photo on the left, sorry, um, is I, um, how do you say it? Aida. And she and her husband are the ones who started this ministry. Benny is his name. And um, they started this ministry, and there's two separate places that they have about 20 to 30 kids um, that go to each of those areas, and they do a Saturday worship with them. They sing songs and um, do Bible scriptures, stories, and then they do the scriptures. And um, I actually stole the way that they did their stuff and mimicked it here at Oakton, actually, because I loved the way that they did the Bible memorization with their kids. And so I was just extremely blessed because I was able to spend more time with Gina one-on-one, -on -one, and Gina and Mondi are who we stay with when we're in Tirana. And they bless us above and beyond every single year. Mondi drives us to Timbuktu and all over all of Albania and Kosovo this year. And Gina does all of our laundry without us even asking. And I tell you, when you have nine people doing laundry, that's insane. Um, I do it for two, and I don't really like doing it. So... Um, they, she does a lot for us, and so being able to go to Circa with just her and I one-on-one -on -one and then meet up with these other uh, women was incredible. And while I was there, if you want to click on the next slide, um, we were able to do English lessons. And so I would learn, like, a little bit from Benny, who's on the right of that photo, and um, he kind of tell me what it was and then tell me what it was in English, and then I would try to help the girls because there was, like, three or four of them that we did English lessons with. And, um, you know, my parents are teachers, but I did not have that calling. I am not a teacher at all. And so it was really, um, it was a testing for me, and it, but it was, it was something that really blessed me immensely. And as I was getting ready to leave, um, the girls brought me a bouquet of flowers. And so the entire trip, I was able to look at those flowers and be reminded of, like, the little things that God allowed me to do just in the first day of being on the ground in Albania. Um, and then there's one more photo, I think. And these girls are so sweet. Um, I should have. I wish I would have put some photos of like what they looked like then versus what they did now. Because then when we went back um, this year in May, we ended up going. Um, it was just. It was a blessing to just watch them grow, even in their faith. Just the little time frame that it had been from September to now. Um, it was amazing to see just how much their faith was growing and how much they actually retained from the time that we were actually there to now. And um, it was amazing to. It's just a really good feeling, too, like Carson was saying, to go and build these relationships, and that's what I felt like I was there to do. And then when we went back, I was able to have conversations with Aida and Benny and kind of continue the relationship with them and um, potentially support their ministry. So that's a really cool outreach that we have going on. And then also with Elvis and Beta. So part of the reason why I always feel called to go, I'm getting on a tangent here, but... Part of the reason I always feel called to go is because they, they need the uplifting just as much as anyone here would need. Um, they, they do so, so much for these kids day in and day out. And, and if we can even just go over just to be, you know, those people that can hold their hands up for at least a week, 
or two, then that, that's what it's all about. And I was actually able to be there just with Beta and the kids and spend time with them. Um, Elvis was at a conference that week, so it was kind of fun because it was just the girls in the house. And um, the boys started to warm up to me and they actually let me take photos of them, which was insane. And this time we came back and they were, it was just like we hadn't skipped a beat. So I loved that ministry time. And then we also got to have coffee with the women. Um, the women kind of get left out a little bit sometimes because there's, they're always in the field. They don't um, come out of the houses very often. And so being able to have coffee with some of the women that um, we know aren't believers was awesome. And then being able to go back again this year and see them you know, and have coffee with them again and reach out and see what was going on in their lives. It was really, it was an incredible experience, so. All right, good morning. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I told Harold, I said, man, I don't have a shirt like yours, I'm sorry. And so anyway, I kind of messed up the bunch. But anyway, uh, I had the opportunity to go with Carson and uh, in, in January from the 11th to the 20th. He had a in his heart. He wanted to do some pre work uh, prior to the May trip, and wanted to kind of just kind of see what the needs were. Maybe a little bit more timely, you know, for right now. And he invited. Well, when I heard about it, I said, "Hey, uh, I don't know that I can go on the May trip. What do you think about a tag along?" And anyway, it kind of worked out where I could go, and he graciously uh, let me come along. So anyway, we. Um, one thing that, and I shared this in first service, Gary had, had shared with us, said, well, if you're going in January, because their winters are a lot like this, like ours here. Um, two things he said, uh, take layers and watch the weather. Because um, we were up in the mountains and, you know, big snow comes and we could get trapped or, you know, held over or whatever. Didn't have any issues with that, but it was cold and we used every layer that we brought. Um, <laughs> wish maybe it had a couple extras maybe at times, but... Um, the the living conditions uh, and up in the mountains it's all about the same. They have central heat, which is a, a wood stove in a central room, um, and that's that's the extent of it. And it radiates through the house um, at night. It, I guess we, one of us could have volunteered to stoke the fire, but we didn't, and it got cold, um, very chilly, and and just it was a damp kind of air. And anyway, it. I wound up getting sick while I was there. Um, some prayed here to you know, for, for me during that time, and I appreciate that. Um, and then I think Carson wound up sick afterwards, but we wound up sleeping with stocking hats on and that kind of stuff. It was like camping in the mountains, uh, way up in the mountains. Um, but it was it was very humbling to to get to share their lives with them in those circumstances because that's everyday life for them. And so just getting to be a part of what they go through daily, on a daily basis was very eye-opening and inspiring. Um, that what I liked about this trip, not that there's anything wrong with the, the May trip, but what was really neat about this one was the one-on-one time that we spent with people. Um, you don't necessarily get that when you have everybody wanting to talk together. And um, we were able to really connect with people um, closer um, one of the things that was eye-opening to me, too, uh, again, was just the history that they have. Um, you know, here in America, we, we know our history. We, we, we talk about it. Uh, we celebrate it. You have a, this is a country that was overtaken by the communists probably 70 years ago. Um, 
the, when communism comes in, it, it, it clears all the history and rewrites what they want you to remember. And so you had, you had people who, all they knew was communism and what they'd been told, but then you had some of the older ones that grew up in the days beforehand that would tell what they remembered. And so there was confusion as to where they came from and what, the, what really was true. And that was one of the things just was re- really struck me. Um, just because trying to figure out where they're at, I don't know that they really know where they're at a lot of times, you know, just because they lack that foundation. Um, what I, what was really, uh, we spent a lot of time with Elvis uh, in, in going to home groups or home meetings, home visits with people that were a part of his men's groups. Uh, he had one in, in Shin. Jen, which is right there by his house, and then one up in Shen Marie, which is on the mountain apart across from where they live. And it was just experiencing the hospitality of the of the folks there was just again another humbling experience because they didn't have much, but what they had they gave. And you know, every place we went, there was refreshments of some sort. You know, they knew we were coming and they they would prepare, but but you know, it they were they were giving. You know, to my, my opinion, they were probably giving more than what we realized, but they did it selflessly. It's beautiful people. Um, one of the things that I really thought was cool was how the Holy Spirit tied in um, and how much the Bible relates to people in that culture. Um, there's things that the Bible talks about that we don't always necessarily connect with and just because our culture is different. Um, but in their culture, it really matched up amazingly well, one in particular was um, we, were, we were speaking. Carson spoke to the men's group <clears throat> the night before, and they wanted us to come back. And, and the Lord had laid a scripture on my heart uh, out of the book of Luke uh, to share the next morning. And so we go to have coffee, and we're talking about just, you know, just learning more about what they go through, what they deal with. And somehow the topic of, it may have started out with spiders, but then they got talking about scorpions because they do have scorpions in that culture. It's pretty common in the mainly in the summer times, not in the winter. Um, and you know they you, know, you can get stung by them. They're not lethal, but it's it's definitely painful. And uh, so we got talking about scorpions and circumstances people had had or whatever where they experienced that. And then another one was uh, then we got talking about snakes and you know who's afraid of snakes, who do, you know who's not intimidated, you know the ones that are poisonous in that area and, and things like that. All of this just random conversation that we're having, and then it comes time to share. And I and I, Carson had taught had challenged them to live their life and stand out among their neighbors, to to be a light shining in in the darkness, so to speak, the night before. And I was just really drawn. Well, you know, we can't do that in and of ourselves. We have to be empowered by the Holy Spirit to do that. So. I was just I was just drawn to the scripture to to challenge him to ask for the ability to live out what Carson had challenged him the night before. So here in the context of all this, we've been talking about this is what the the verse that the Lord led me to prior to all of this. Luke eleven eleven through thirteen it says, "Which of you fathers, if you if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion?" If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your, heaven, will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? And it was just, uh, you know, you couldn't, have, you couldn't have written it out any better. But the Holy Spirit knew 
and, and fashion that message for, the, for that time. What I'll close with is this, and this is where Gary and Paula have been very persevering in, in year after year after year, sowing and, and watering and tilling and you know just working the soil over there. And now it's kind of passed on to some of us that have been involved in this. I think we're starting to see fruit. Definitely starting to see fruit. One of the neat things that happened was on the night that Carson shared that message, <clears throat> that afternoon we'd been at the house of a guy by the name of Mondi, and all of the family was sitting there around the central heat unit. <laughs> and uh, we were all visiting, just learning about each other again. And, and they were asking questions about us. We were asking questions about them and just connecting. And Mondi is, is one of the guys that just stands out in the group. He, he dom- he's a very dominant person. He's a very strong person. And you get the impression that when he speaks, people listen. And, he's, and Carson can share a little bit about a prior experience with him, but uh, just, just has always come across being very hard. Well, the, we go to share at, at Shen Marie that night, and in this little small group of guys, and I wish I had pictures. I did. I just I didn't get them done. Um, it's probably... 12, 15 of us in there, maybe. But in, in walks Mondi to join us for that night. Carson gives the message challenging them to live out and be different. And there's really good discussion that comes up. But in the, in the midst of that conversation, Mondi steps up and, and says some, something that just floored us. He said, you know, these two guys... And this is my paraphrase. <laughs> That's not what his words. These two people come... You guys come here from halfway across the, the world, you've got everything that anybody could ever want. In their eyes, that's what Americans, they have everything. I mean, that, they all want to go to America because America has every, Americans have everything that we need. Which, for the most part, is God has blessed us and, we, and it's true. He says, you guys have everything you want. And he basically said, if I, if I, was, if I was you, I wouldn't be doing this. And he basically was wondering, what is it that brings you two guys here? And in that, it was, it was really interesting because he instantly, we, we came back to, it's a choice. We could have chosen to stay home. We easily could have done that. There's nothing, no reason why we, you know. And, and Carson and I both, we reflecting back, um, it was really difficult to make the I mean, it was, it was challenging all the way up until the day we left. And it's like, oh my gosh, we've got so many things. Yep, we're going anyway, you know. But it was a choice. And we, we said, you know, hey, in America, the culture's flowing this way. But when it comes to following God, you're, you're finding yourself going in the opposite direction. And it's a choice every day to pursue the things of God. And, and that's when he said, well, you know what? That's really no different than it is here. We have things in our culture that, that are pulling this direction and you're challenging us to go that way. And then all of a sudden, in the midst of it all, it just dawns on everybody, we're not all that different. And that, to me, that was, that was a powerful moment. Um, so, anyway. So just continue to talk about relationships. You know, just what he said. You know, talking about Mondi, uh, he was, uh, just as I mentioned this morning, a tough guy of the village, you know, probably one of the, probably the older ones, but he'd, 
I come out and play volleyball, and he had on these pointy shoes and smoking cigarettes while he's playing <laughs> playing volleyball. You know, but I mean, just I'm mean, tough as nails. And about five years ago, or maybe six, whenever the big group went through, like 21 of us. You know, that guy was wound tight. I'm wanting to fight, uh, type of deal. And uh, the big, I'm basically the big American. You know, because people there they always have to arm wrestle. You know, and so that was a big deal. And so in the last five years. Uh, he's, I mean, just really mellowed out. He trusts us now. He sees, hey, these people aren't, aren't coming over here because it's a vacation. Because, you know, Albania is, I mean, it's a pretty place, but it wouldn't be my favorite place to vacation. I mean, really, it's it's not. And so, you know, just that, just basically repetition, the repetition, the repetition, you're thinking, my goodness. And, of course, of course, talking about Gary and Paul, you know, years and years and years, and I'm thinking, gosh, you know, there's been a lot of change, but... But seriously, I mean, we're really starting to see things pick up speed as far as, you know, fruit just, I mean, coming forth. And, you know, it's just, I mean, it's a really awesome thing. And, you know, then then kind of same deal here. You know, the team that goes, just really seeing them, I mean, really step out and grow too. Uh, you know, just, I mean, you know, doing things that aren't comfortable, you know, because if we just did the comfortable things, then we wouldn't have people in church, you know. We wouldn't reach out, Um and, you know, a couple of years ago, really, really, uh, I mean, the Lord was telling me, Carson, you need to get more simple, simplify your life, simplify, simplify. And it was just because of people, you know, I mean, really, we get so busy, you know, just caught up with the, just the, I mean, fast paced, just go, 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 go. And I always tell people that, you know, if I go to a foreign country, they say, oh, the culture shock, it must be, I mean, crazy. I said, well, actually, the culture shock is when I come back here and we're always having just to fly, just go, just go, 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 go. And for what? You know, and, you know, it's people, it's the people that really we see day to day. And that's why I talk about missions is our daily walk with God, our daily just pouring out to people because that's God's heart. So, um so, I mean, I really appreciate Keisha, you know, and Joel's uh, testimonies there as far as what happened and just just the willingness. But uh, this team was really willing, I mean, to do a lot of stuff, really, that they weren't comfortable to do. And so at this time, we're going to have a question and answer time. And uh, first, uh, before we, I guess, start, well, I guess before each question, I'll just have you introduce yourself because I didn't do it this morning, which I think people know who we are, but... Maybe not. So, uh, first question is for Troy Boy, and that's what they call him there. In fact, uh, Mondi, the people that we stay with, um, she's probably what, probably 80s, and she's probably maybe about three foot tall, possibly, really short. And the only English I heard her say was Troy Boy. <laughs> that was it. Nothing else, nothing else. And I was like, hey, you know, it's catch on. So, you know, and so just because of the years of, okay, people, saying, oh, hey, that's Troy again, that's Troy again, uh, that's Joel, that's Keisha, you know, or okay, JoJo, if she goes back or, uh, you know, just, I mean, whoever else, it's people, people like remember, and people actually still ask about Nick Coble too, so Nick, they still ask about Nick Coble and they ask about Rustin Crockett too, so I can't imagine why, and Kelly, so. So Troy, Troy's question is, is why would you recommend overseas missions and who is it for? Because it's fun. Uh, next question. Um, well, that's a good one. Um, 
I think uh, going to Kansas City and, and doing ministry around here, um, you know, local stuff, um, we do a lot of local things and so forth. I think that is awesome if you can do that, if you're only able to do that. Um, but when you talk about foreign missions, it is a whole new ball game because there's so much more that is involved in in the two weeks. You're, it, it costs more money. Um, you have on to fly there and back. It's 14 hours of flying to get there. Um, you know, the time away from your family, the money, all of that, going to a foreign country where you don't speak their language and sometimes you're not really sure what's going on and so forth. Um, all that stuff combined, it's a huge leap of faith to go overseas and do foreign missions. Um, for me, I know there's a lot of people in this church that have expressed interest in going, and I feel there are a lot of people that are called to go, but they um, they have not gotten over the I don't know, fear of the unknown or however you want to word it or whatever. Um, that's something that kind of bothers me because I kind of feel like people are missing out on a huge opportunity. Um, I think the majority of the people that go overseas whenever they come back um, say that it was definitely worth it. Nobody ever gripes whenever they get back about how much it costs or if it wasn't worth the time and so forth and all that stuff. So um, Liberia team just got back and, and they had a great trip and so forth. And um, I think they all of them would tell you the same thing, that it's definitely worth it. So um, I guess, I don't know, kind of summing it up to say, if you feel called to go, just just push that fear aside. Tell the devil to shut up and just go. Um, the Lord will work out the money. The Lord will work out the time. The Lord will, will work on your family members. Um, I'm lucky to have a wife that supports me, so that, that does come in handy. Um, and uh, so I just encourage anybody to go. Did I answer the question or not? I don't, I don't really know. So. Did anybody follow that? No, that was good. Thank you, Troy. No. no, that was good. That's um, well, okay. This question is for Lydia. This was her first time, um, and her question is: Tell us about your experience being a first-time member. Okay, um, <laughs> it was good, and um, my the mountains was my favorite part. Um, there was kids at Ellison Beta's house that came every afternoon. To their porch and just hang out, hung out, and um, there were a few things I didn't like about the trip, and a lot of things that I did like, and um, it was really fun. So that's it. Their answers are typically a lot longer at home, so I don't know why. <laughs> Yeah, we're doing good. I was real proud of Lydia. Uh, that was actually her second mission trip, but the first one that she can really uh, remember, and um, and she did quite well. Uh, you know, it takes a little bit. Just I'm mean, kind of being away from from home, but um, but just but just jumping in with the kids, you know, and just just uh, seeing her play, you know, that's a blessing as a parent to see that. So um, we're gonna go to Harold next. This was Harold's also first time overseas, and his question is, what was your favorite part about Albania missions? Well, uh, the home visits. Uh, Whenever when you come into the house, they always greet you. They always offer you something to drink or something to eat. Um, it just makes you feel so welcome 
and so loved that you just, it's an ex- really a, a good experience. Um, there is one of the um, pictures I wish I had shown was uh, a picture of a mountain on top of the very, very peak at the top of the mountain there is a single cross that I thought it was astonishing how that this represents everything that we do over there. Uh, the other thing, one of my other favorite places was the Hope for the World Center. Uh, the kids was very welcome and just spending time with the kids just makes you feel so loved and the being to play volleyball with the kids and share, share uh, our testimonies and share what our experiences over there with the kids and doing ob- some of the object lessons. I really enjoyed the, how the kids really want to be involved. So that's about all that. That's good. Thank you. Um, our next question is going to be, um, let's go to Joel this time. And this is actually a different one right than this morning, so another change up. What changes since you've been going to Albania have you seen that you feel as a result from Oakton Missions? Uh, I went two years ago and then in January, so the, the time lapse between there is, hasn't been a lot. I'd noticed changes from, and it's neat watching kids that were, you know, kind of ornery and, and, you know, you took a lot of patience and grace with two years ago now being a part of these men's groups and, and listening and growing. Keichi, is that his name at, uh, at, at Shenzhen? Casey? Casey? He, he's one that stands out because two, two years ago it was just, you know, he was kind of bouncing off the walls and, and, uh, just to see him this back in January, it was pretty pretty neat to see the change. So, but from what I hear, what Gary and Paula described, even farther back, it's it's night and day difference. Awesome. This one here is for Jensen, and her question is: What would you say to someone who's on the fringes of doing missions, but they are just not sure if it's for them? Okay. Well, I'm going to start by introducing myself. No one else did, but my name is Jensen Worsley, and I go to the Methodist Church in Lamar. Um, I start. I went last year, and this was my second year. But um, I think that even if you have the slightest urge or the smallest desire to go on a mission trip, that it's probably God in your heart telling you to go, and that to not worry about money issues or other things, because God will help those different things fall into your life and get you over there and get you to see these kids. Um, I made the video that's going to play in a few minutes. And the second song, if you look at, listen to the lyrics, it says, somebody tell them um, they're a child of the king and somebody tell them that, um, oh, I forgot the lyrics. I'm so sorry. I had it in my head and now I just lost it. But um, I've always thought that like if... Um, that somebody should go over there and tell these kids, and if not me, then who? So why can't I be the one to make a difference in these kids' lives and go over and hopefully change someone's life? So that's all I have. Thank you. 
And the last question, well, it's going to be one of the last, but this is for Keisha, is how do you think that you are stretched or challenged in mission work? Okay. Um, for those of you that know me, I don't know why I'm really emotional right now, and I don't know why. <laughs> Sorry. Um, patience is a really big thing for me. I don't have a whole lot of it. <laughs> and if you know me, you know that really well. <laughs> so... First and foremost, when you put nine to ten people in a room together for two weeks straight, 24 hours a day, there's going to be, you know, things that try you and test you and um, just really make you stop to think and try to figure out how you're going to do something without it just exploding. And I was tried a lot on this trip in um, just different things. I'm used to, like I said earlier, I'm used to traveling by myself a lot. So traveling in a group kind of stresses me out more so than just dra traveling by myself. So anyway, so that would be one thing that was a really big challenge for me on this trip. But then, um, like, secondly, having a language barrier. I deal with that with work all the time, of course. He, you know, mentioned I was in Poland. I work in Mexico, you know, France, et cetera. So being um, around the world a lot, I've learned how you can just listen and pick up on languages. But Albanian is a whole other language in and of itself. Um, it's kind of like trying to look at Chinese symbols. Uh, it, you cannot pick up on it very easily at all. Um, I really thoroughly enjoy trying to listen to Troy, as he's been there six, <laughs> five or six times, try to speak the language. But it's really tough. And so I think that that's a really big challenge that we have um, as missionaries when you go to foreign location is the, the language barrier, but also on top of that, even just in Albania, they had been a communist country for, what, 50 plus years? So um, trying to talk to people that may be older, um, that, that communism um, concept comes back into their mind, and they struggle with um, why we believe what we believe versus what they're believing. Um, plus, um, Joel gave a really good thing on, about it in the first service, but basically Turkey also had taken them over a long time ago, so they didn't really have a whole lot of background as to who they were, and um, going in there and now just throwing in Christianity, we're throwing another hat in the ring, and um, that can sometimes cause a challenge, but this year is really blessed. There was two, two people um, that I was going to talk about this morning. One um, is a kid. He's going to be on the slideshow. There's actually several pictures of him, but for the life of me, cannot think of his name. Um, I didn't see him at all last year, and I didn't see him in September. Um, he just kind of came out of the woodworks, but he spoke perfect English and um, was able to carry on several conversations. And one day I was wearing a shirt that said he left the 99 to rescue me, and we had like a 10-minute conversation just about what that meant and why. And um, after we got through it, I just simply asked, like, well, are you a Christian? Because he knew the Bible, he knew the terms that we were saying, like, he obviously had been around it, and he said that he did read the Bible, but he didn't believe in Jesus. So we just had a very good conversation, and um, still to this day, like, he's always on my mind because I'm thinking, well, did we say what we needed to say? Did we do what we needed to do? Were we there um, at the right time for him maybe to make that decision? And um, the second was um, one of the girls that we did women's ministry with in um, Shen Marie. Right, the one up top. Okay, <laughs> Shin Marie. They, um, I had coffee with her in September, and we could have a little bit more of like one-on-one -on -one conversation because it was just me, Beta, and her. 
and one of her friends, and I knew at that time that they weren't Christians, and this time, um, we had coffee with them a day or two before we did what we, what we called America Night, and um, I was fortunate enough that Carson let me speak at that, and so I had my testimony, and then later that night, I actually got a message from this girl, because she showed up, and she had never, she just doesn't come to meetings. Her brother is always around, but she never comes to meetings. And so I was blessed that just by what I had preached that night, she had messaged me and started asking me a few more questions and um, showed a little bit more interest. So I'm excited to see where the relationship with her and I go. And, um, of course, with anyone else that goes over there as well. So um, in a nutshell, that's a lot. But it's good. from the question. But. About relationships, it's good. No. Um, in fact, uh, the guy that sh- she was talking about that knew, like, really good English knew too good at English because he knew all the, like, the slang, too. So that was, that was quite a deal. I was like, what'd you say? I know you said that, but eh, I better not say that again. But, but no, I, you know, just those, uh, yeah, please don't say that again. So, so um, but just a common theme, you know, is that we're, you know, you know, even with, you know, having a language barrier, barrier, we're still talking to people, we're still, you know, it's basically showing God's love, you know, it's one thing to talk it to, but just, just to show them, you know, uh, having a little, you know, there's a kid there, and he is, he is there, I mean, all the time, but uh, his name is Cleve, okay, and I mean, the kid just keeps coming around, keeps coming around, and the first couple of years, you know, I mean, pretty annoying, you know, but I thought, you know what, this year here, I'm going to take time, you know, to just hug on him. And that kid, you know, is just like a changed kid, even though he can't, I mean, say really much, I mean, at all. It's just, you know, just just taking that time just to do simple stuff like that, you know. And, I mean, it means the world to him because I guarantee you that he's, he, you know, that his home life is pretty rough. And I mean, he is not getting that at all. So um, just probably real quick here. Um, if somebody can share maybe about American Night, just kind of clarify what that is. Does anybody want to talk, Troy? All right, thanks. Are we there? Okay. Um, Beta, who we stay with in the mountains, um, had texted me uh, oh, about five or six months before we go and said that everybody there wanted to do an American Night. They wanted to have, like, American food, um, do American games and stuff like that. So I said, well, do you have any examples of what you want to specifically do? And she, of course, said, no, I have no idea. So um, we went shopping at a place in Toronto that had uh, American food that was ridiculously overpriced. But we, we got all kinds of stuff for that. Um, what was it, Dr. Pepper? Was it like $5 for a bottle? It was like ridiculous. But anyway... We loaded up on that stuff and had an American night, and it was basically just like what you would call like a small group back here getting together and just fellowshipping and just spending time with them and so forth. Um, Keisha gave her testimony on the first American night, um, completely went through all the food and everything that we got. Um, the other thing that I was blown away with was we had picked up um, stuff to make s'mores, so we was going to have a bonfire and do s'mores. They, am I not saying s'mores right? I'm sorry. Um, how do you say it? S'mores. Some mores. Okay, anyway. So we had, we had the chocolate and the marshmallow and the graham cracker. Um, 
And we went through that in, what, about 10 minutes? So we way underbought on that because it went over way, way better than we thought. Um, but we, uh, kind of one of those things that you just kind of try to see how it goes, and then it went, way, went over way past what we ever thought it would, and they just ate all that stuff up. And I know a lot of times I get frustrated because we're not really hitting them with ministry, but that is ministry, is just spending time with them, showing them that we love them, um, especially for us guys, because that's not common for the the older men like us to spend time with the kids, the younger boys. And that means a lot to them that we would take the time to do that. So the first night went over so well, they decided to have another night of American Night. So we didn't do very good of getting enough supplies for the first night. So the second night, it was maybe five minutes, and we had ran out of everything that we got for the second night. So next year, we're going to have to like double or triple the supplies that we get for that night because it was one of those things that just went over really well and uh, I've, we've heard nothing but good stuff about that and it's just, it was just a simple thing that we just tried and it just went fantastic. So. It's amazing what a big old vat full of mac and cheese can do because we had that on both nights and then at the nights that we were just there at the house, guess what we had? Mac and cheese. Mac and cheese. So we were good for mac and cheese for another year. So... The um, the video that we're about to show, uh, it's about an eight-minute video, and uh, at the tail end, it's also got, and um, you may have seen it last uh, Sunday here, I wasn't here, uh, but it's, um, let's see, Pastor Kent and Elvis that are talking to Jamal, which is Abeda's dad. Um, I mean, just years of being a hard man, just because of communism, and just, you know, not really wanting much to do with God, um, uh, you know, kind of confirmed, basically, salvation, um, and then I baptized him also, and you know, and that was a big deal because uh, he basically just uh, he called us, you know, just to say, hey, could you come, you know, and pray for him because of my leg, because I think a month before he had fallen and hurt himself, and so you know, for them to ask for prayer, that's huge, you know, uh, because you know, basically macho society, we're self-made men, we don't need God, but he's, you know. But there again, consistency, consistency, consistency of people showing, not talking, but showing that they love them. And so um, at the end of the video, there's there's a um, just, I think, 40-second clip of that. And um, probably what I'll just do now is um, when church is done or just really, I mean, whenever, you know, if you have have the questions about missions, just I'm coming to ask, you know, it's, you know, to to... I mean, I guess to some degree, we're all involved in missions somewhat. You know, if it's like to go, if it's to help to, you know, to prepare, uh, you know, like uh, Teresa, she is great. You know, I mean, prepare, helping the teams, I mean, to go, you know, and she is awesome at that. And just, I mean, really could just go around really the whole church and say, Thank you, thank you, thank you for what you do, but you don't go, but you still go, and great will be your reward, I guarantee you, because it takes everybody here, it takes one body, it takes really the unity of Christ to make it all work, and so um, we'll fire that video up here, and so uh, as soon as we're done with this, are you going to do music, Joel? Okay, so... Um, anyway, I hope you enjoy the video, and uh, Jensen, uh, she put a week into this, so... She did a great job doing this, so thank you.